The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick. You're listening to Matt Slick Live. And if you want to give me a call, as usual, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. And uh, hey, if you're a newbie, um, this is a Christian apologetic show. We defend the Christian faith, answer questions on the Bible, all kinds of stuff. So if that sounds interesting, if you, even if you don't like Christianity, hey, give me a call. I'd like to answer difficult questions. I really uh, do. I uh, I enjoy it. So anyway, there you go. I Hopefully, you'll uh, you'll want to... Uh, let's see, how can this not work? Oh, there we go. So uh, give me a call, all right? And also, you can email me at info at carm.org, C-A-R-M dot O-R-G. You can do that, and uh, hopefully we'll hear from you then as well. All right, all right. So there you go, and uh, we've got one caller waiting, and uh, four open lines, 877-207-2276. Okay. Well, why don't we just do that? Let's just jump right on. Let's get to uh, Matt from Middleton, Connecticut, United States. Let's see. Should be able to work. Okay, I'm not able to, cl- to get him to go. Let's try this. All right. Well, we have a bit of an issue here. Hi, Matt. There we go. All right. Hey, welcome. You're on the air. Hi, Matt. How are you today? Doing all right. Hanging in there, man. Hanging in there. Right, Thank, what do you thanks got, for taking my call. I just had a question about um, John chapter 18, uh, verse number 9. Okay. I just wanted to know like how you would interpret that verse, because it makes a connection back to John 6. But, you know, John 6... At, is talking about how, you know, Jesus, we're secure eternally because of, you know, we were given from the Father to the Son. He doesn't lose any that are given to him. Mm-hmm. But then in John chapter 18, that verse, or, or that part of John 6 is quoted, but I, I just, it seems like it, it's talking about Jesus protecting his disciples physically in that context. So I was just a little confused by that when I came across it. Well, my notes uh, re- refer it back to John seventeen twelve. Uh, while I was with them, I was keeping them in your name, which you are, you have given me. I guarded them; not one of them was perished, except uh, but the son of perdition, so that the scripture would be fulfilled. So that's what I see. You said it was going back to John six, probably thirty seven, thirty eight. You're talking about, well, right? No, you're you're right though. He does talk about that in John seventeen as well. I I thought John six in my mind, but. 17 also works that same concept comes up so yeah it does yeah and uh so he would not lose any of course there's the qualification uh you know the one that uh, was ordained by you know to do that to be lost yeah people won't like that phraseology but if they want to know what it means call up and i'll talk about it but yeah that's that's what's going on john uh 18 9 yeah uh, lost i've lost not one right uh-huh. Now, now, there's an issue here, you see, because when we go to John, uh, John six thirty-seven through forty, you know, Jesus can't lose any of the, all that the Father's given him. 
now we can see that there's two senses of which they're given given eternally as in the elect and then given yep. in this sense in ministry to work and that was uh judas was included in that so you know, i say they're different in that sense okay so it's basically just like a, a physical fulfillment and, and 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 john 18 he's just saying he it doesn't just apply eternally on a spiritual level but also physically their physical provision during our earthly life. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we did say, you know, don't worry about what you're going to bring because it'll be taken care of you as they went out in their ministry. So that is included in it. Sure. I would say that. Yep. Well, well that that works for me. I just, I just got, when I first, I think it was about a week ago, I found that and it just confused me. I was like, and I thought about, because you know, I've been watching a lot of episodes of you on YouTube and I was like, I'm going to call Matt and see what he would say about that. Sure. Do you like those things you watch on TV on on, uh, on YouTube? You like them? Oh yeah, I, I I watch. I've been watching a lot of your debates lately and okay. Max Lick Live, so I'm definitely a fan of what you do. Well, good, 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 good. You know, um, yeah. I'm curious. The reason I I stopped this the moment to ask is because we're moving more into video work. We're going to be doing some expansion in some various areas. So I just want some feedback on what they what people like, don't like. And things like that. That's all, you know. So we appreciate it. Well, I think it's really cool those videos you're doing. The one minute, yeah. I watched the one or two of those one minute videos. That that's neat because that's different, you know, yes. to, to be able to, you know, compress all that information into a minute. I think that's a pretty pretty interesting idea, and probably a lot of people yeah. will watch those. Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, Ernie. I think he he knows how many. You can type it in there um, in private chat, Ernie, if you want. Tell me how many are watching. Get some feedback on it. But uh, that was a test run, and it took so much work to produce those. Oh, so much work, and I mean a lot. That uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to change how I do them. It'll be the same. But I'm going to change some stuff so that I get a lot more out, and uh, hopefully I get some more out this weekend. So, and then we got a whole bunch of stuff, some other stuff I haven't even told anybody about yet. So I got some ideas, but we're trying, you know, get out there on video. Okay, that's great. I I appreciate your work. I and I, I wish you the best. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. All right. Have a, have a, lot, a good man. night, Matt. You God too. Bless. Thanks a lot. Okay. Take care. God bless. Bye. All right. All right, so folks, now I can't hang up. I don't know what's going on. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to tell, uh, I'm going to talk to the producer. I'm going to tell him that I'm going to exit out of X screen and then get right back. And it won't even let me out of out of X screen. All right, I'll do that during the break. I'll figure something out. Uh, yeah, I'll do something. I know a computer trick. So let's get to the next caller, Alberto. Alberto, let's see. Keith, if you could just kind of access that, give it to me. Put it on. There we go. All right, Alberto. Welcome, buddy. You're in. Come on and see. I help you out. What's that? Hello. Yes. Yes. I hear you, man. What do you got, buddy? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I got a question. You know, a lot of people that that Hitler. A lot of people say he was a devil because he killed so many Jews. But what about at the last moment of his death before he killed himself, or or he he, he called out to Jesus and he got saved? Well, if I mean, well, let's do it with one person at a time. 
So if, in, well, I'll put it this way, anybody who does trust in Christ truly, for real, uh, will be justified, will be saved, even Hitler, if he'd have done it. Now, I would, mm-hmm. I don't think he did. I think he was given over to the depravity of his heart and his mind to kill and to murder. Uh, so, you know, I don't, just don't believe it's, it's uh, the case with him. But if somehow he had. Now, I'd heard, you know, if, if you ever heard of Jeffrey Dahmer, you ever heard of him? Yeah, I know him. Yeah, he uh, he's he was killed in prison, but he um, was Mm -hmm. a cannibal, a serial killer, and of young men, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know an an evil man. And from what I'd heard, I can't judge it. I don't know, but I'd heard from different sources that uh, had access to him. They wrote that he apparently had really and truthfully come to Christ for real. So let's just assume that is the case. If he had, then he would be justified before God go to heaven, even though mm-hmm. he committed such uh, such evil. And this is a difficult mm-hmm. thing for people to understand and accept because compare him to the little old lady who you know makes cookies for the neighbors all the time and watches people's dogs and is just really nice and sweet and mm-hmm. and uh, and everything. And she rejects Christ. Uh, she goes to hell. People say, well, that's not right. fair. Well, mm-hmm. if you're going to say it's not fair, you can say it's not fair all you want, but what uh-huh. universal standard of fairness do you have? Because if righteousness, according to Galatians 2.21, if righteousness comes by what we do in our hearts, then Christ didn't need to die on the cross. And so he's uh-huh. able to cover, because he's God in flesh, he can cover murder, rape, he can cover uh, extortion, theft, abortion. He can cover all of this. And if anybody who's committed uh-huh. any of these would turn to Christ and truly turn to him, their sins will be washed away. But f- even for the nice people uh-huh. who don't, never turn to him, their, uh-huh. their sins will never be washed away, and they'll enter eternity with uh-huh. their sins upon them, and their sins will drag them down to the pit. That's what will happen. Okay. Okay, huh? Okay, now I was. Uh-huh, I was gonna another question, real quick. I was talking sure. to a Spanish pastor. Not called. Talking okay. to him. He was telling me that 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 the. I was talking. He said that Christians don't sin. But that when First John when he says, you know, if you confess yeah. your sin, you know, mm-hmm. you know, or whoever says that he has no sin and the truth is not in him, he said that applies only to sinners. That's not applied to Christians. See, Christians make mistakes, but they don't commit no sins. We would think about that. Well, there's some issues there, um, because First John one nine, uh, well one eight. Let me go to it. First John one eight, uh, and it says, uh, "Whoops, I messed up on that one." Let me go over here. It says this. I'm just reading it. If we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. The truth is not in us. So we have to acknowledge that we do have sin, and what the Bible talks about in the issue of not sinning is. Uh, is the continual practicing of it. We don't do that. We're not in the habit of of just walking willy-nilly forward into sin. Now, that's one perspective we can look at. The other one is that we can can make the theological case that deals with the now and the not yet with the issue of us and Christ's federal headship and we dying to the law, to the person of Christ, and if the law isn't there, Romans uh, 4.15 and uh, 5.13, if the law isn't there, then sin is not imputed. So then we wouldn't have any sin to our account. So there's that, that sense in which we could say that's correct. But if such a person would say, no, we never do anything wrong. Once we're born again, we never sin once. No, that's just not correct. We do. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I started trying to tell him because I said Christian do sin, but he said no. He said only that applies first, only applies to sinners because sinners are the ones that are sinners, and Christians are not so, sinners. He said we're, we, we, he said that he said that, that we're we're children of God, but we just make mistakes. I don't agree yeah, with that. So is a is a lie a mistake? And if he says yeah, then a lie by definition is a sin, right? Okay, then that's a sin. If we covet, mm-hmm. is that a mistake or that is it? And uh, so th- those are the kind of questions to ask. Uh, there, I wish a bunch of pastors would. Sorry, this sounds arrogant, but uh, there's a lot of us who study apologetics so well, so deeply that we can answer questions like that. I'd love to be able to have a seminar where a bunch of pastors come in and we just go through some of these things and say, "Here's the issues. Let's look at uh-huh. these things." Not that I'm better than any pastor, yeah. but but this is what I do for a living, and I specifically study these things. I've been doing it for decades, and I get to do it full time. Where a pastor, the yeah. pastor doesn't. He's got so many other responsibilities in the church. He can't do it to that level. I'm not saying I'm any yeah. better or uh-huh. anything like that, but it'd be great to say, well, here, let's deal with some of these issues so that the pastor is uh, more equipped to accurately represent the Word of God. That's what I would say. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I agree because a lot of pastors sometimes. Yeah, but a pastor, a lot of them, that the, from my experience, especially in Pentecostal churches, and that, that I was talking to was, was Pentecostal too. But they, they, a lot of them, I don't know. They, most of them, they basically, it's all about. Well, of course, come down to it, basically, by performance, basically. Well, you know I, mean? uh, I don't. Yeah, if the, anybody by does, say like, but you know, like to, like, to, like to enter heaven. You know what I'm saying? Basically, most yeah. of the time, we listen yeah. to them all the time. Most is all by That's performance right. or works based. That's right. And they're, and they're thinking. Hey, buddy. And they're thinking. we got a break, man. we got a break. So i got to go. Okay, buddy? All right. God bless, man. We'll talk to you okay. later, okay? Okay, you Alberto. Too. Okay, you too. All right. Thank hey, you. Keith, I'm going to... Okay, I'm going to get out of X screen and uh, reboot it, and hopefully during the break it'll work. We'll talk to you a bit. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. We have four open lines. I want to hear from you. Give me a call. Let's get to Jonathan from Washington State. Jonathan, welcome. You're on the air. Hi, how's it going? It's going, man. It's going. So what do you got, buddy? So I had it. I had a question about, um, yeah, I was watching a lot of you and uh, Dark Dawkins and stuff, and uh, you guys mm-hmm. kind of helped me out of, uh, I guess I can no longer hold to atheism, you know? And uh, I just had a question about, like, because um, I know he mentioned, Dark Dawkins mentions that evolution is like a provisional science. It is. Uh, is there a way could you explain that? Yeah, provisional means, uh, and for those who don't know, Jarth Dawkins is, a, is an apologist who's highly presuppositional. He's on the chat circuit. So, um, yeah, science is a philosophical approach. Now, I'm, I'm curious. I, I want to make sure. You said you're you're an ex-atheist. Are you a Christian, or what, what is it? What's your position? I'm just curious. Well, yeah, I grew up a uh, Catholic, you know, and um, mm-hmm. I kind of had an experience with uh, certain things in a. Uh, kind of was realizing I had a doubt in God and stuff, and I, I would listen to a lot of Matt Delahunty, and I kind of mm-hmm. I kind of went with his position, and I, I didn't see any way out, but I started listening to, like, you guys, like Matt, you, and uh, Dark Dawkins, and 
I feel like you guys make a lot more sense. Yeah, we do. We make a lot more sense. Atheism is untenable. It's not defensible as a position. And when they they hold to materialism, then they cannot justify universals. They can't solve the one and the many issue. They uh, cannot account for intelligibility, our existence. Uh, it's it just it's, it's a bag of rocks. So anyway, yeah, science is a philosophical approach to learning about the material world, and it's philosophical because it's based on assumptions. For one thing, it's based on what's called the uniformitar- uniformitarianism, or the uniformity of nature. And what that means is that science scientists presuppose that everything in the universe always works the same way according to the laws of physics underneath uh the, the, uh, well, the laws of physics in the universe, okay? So it presupposes mm-hmm. that, but it can't prove it's true. It also presupposes right. the, the universals, laws of logic. Now, and let me explain what a universal is. So redness, for example, a red apple and a red car. So redness has a kind of a, a transcendental, uh, or a uni- well, I should say universal property. It, it can Redness can exist in multiple places at the same time. So that's a, it's kind of like a universal. The number two can exist in different places, different times, when we write down representations of it on chalkboards or paper. And so there are certain qualities of what we call universals. And in order for science to work, it presupposes the truth of universals, in that there are concepts and ideas and actualities that exist in different places all the time, and that truth statements about them can be made. So science is based on a philosophical approach. They get all wind going in your in your mic there, but anyway. And so, okay. along with that, what scientists what scientists are doing is learning about the material world. Now, I don't know how much material knowledge there is to learn, but let's just say there's a unit of 100%. I would say science is at uh, 0.2%, you know, that kind of a thing. And there's just so much to learn in the world, in the universe, in materiality, in quantum physics, in everything. Well, likewise with evolution, it's provisional in that it's only a theory that is set to explain the material evidence. Now, what you will not hear in uh, these scientific uh, endeavors are, is the counter-evidence to evolution, which is there. You don't hear that. And the reason is because they presuppose materialism. They deny the universality of God's existence. And so, therefore, all facts must be interpreted in light of the philosophy of science. So, right. men's uh, knowledge and women's knowledge about this is provisional. It will always increase. So there's all kinds of problems. And I can tell you a few of them in evolution right now really quickly to show you that there are problems. Okay. Okay? But if it's up to you. But yeah. anyway, you see the problem? Yeah, I, I definitely see the problem. And, uh, but you you say that, you would say that evolution is a, a provisional science. Or how would I say It's provisional. Yeah. So look, let me explain a few things, okay? You got wind, and you got wind, a lot of wind in your your phone there. Oh, I'm um, sorry. I'll go inside. Okay, so evolution is an attempt to explain what is seen in the fossil record. So, are you still there? Just want to make sure. You still there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, Eohippus, for example, is the lineage of horses. 
and according to uh, the evolutionary theory, small creatures that look kind of like horses, about the size of cats, and then up to the big, full-blown mm-hmm. horses. And then they have these gradations in between. And they say, see, there's the evolution of the horse. Well, I just asked a simple question. And how do you know? How do you know they're related? How do you know mm-hmm. that one is supposed to be with that? And this is supposed to be science. What they're doing is they're saying, well, it looks like it. That's science? Right. It's called homology. And it's a problem. Now, they're getting to something called cladistics. But cladistics deals with genetic trees. And there's problems in cladistics due to epigenetics. And it's kind of a Lamarckian kind of a thing where where environmental pressures activate or deactivate genes. And so the genes manifest and then begin to um, uh, endogenous retroviruses, uh, ERVs. And so they want to use those as proof. But there's answers to that, and I'm researching that. But at any rate, so here, here's a here's a question. I'll show you something. This is what's really interesting. I use this as a common uh, and easily understandable problem in evolution. And this is not just in this one creature, but there's many creatures all over the place that there's problems. How does evolution account for it? For example, the woodpecker. The woodpecker is a very fascinating creature. The tongue of the woodpecker goes down its mouth, down by its throat, by its uh, neck uh, vertebra and then moves up to the mm-hmm. back of the skull and there's a groove in the back of the skull and the tongue moves up between the the, the skull groove and the scalp then moves to, over the forward of the of the head between the eyes the forehead down uh down um down into the mouth and then comes out so not only is that there but there has to be a cushion in the brain because the uh in the skull, the brain will get you know knocked silly going back and forth so hard. There's a cushion. Plus, the vertebra when they move like an arc, where the head moves like an arc, it doesn't go in an arc like a part of a circle. You'd think it would. No, it doesn't. The vertebra towards the retracted position, far away in the back, are expanded, and then as it moves forward, it de- it contracts and then expands as it moves forward to hit the tree, and this keeps the head level. And uh, how does the musculature work and the brain chemistry work and the wiring work to develop that along with the tongue musculature that needs to be in the brain that goes to the back of the skull? How does that evolve? How's it? How's it? Because if the tongue, one mutation, the tongue stuck in the back of the skull, is it going to help this creature survive? No. There's lots of creatures like this and there's called polystrate fossils. There's called the uh, Cambrian explosion problem. There's the universality of missing links everywhere. We can talk about it so right, much right. more. Hey, we'll be right back. Okay, we've got a break. Hey, folks, we'll be right back after these messages. If you want to call me, 877-207-2276. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, we're at the bottom of the hour. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Let's see. Let's get back on the air with... Uh, let me click on that. There we go. With Jonathan. Welcome, buddy. You're back. Okay? Hey, hello. Okay. So, I know I gave you a lot of stuff at the end, but evolution does have a lot of problems with it. And there's a growing list of scientists who are rejecting it. Seriously. Right. 
I, I, I had a, a, another question then. So if you could say mm-hmm. evolution is provisional, uh, would you consider to do the same with, uh, with uh, gravity? Because I believe that Genesis does talk about like the firmament and the flat earth and stuff like that. And I also believe that um, gravity is, and uh, those types of sciences are provisional. What do you think about that? Well, the Bible does not uh, teach flat earth. Okay, it teaches uh, if anything, it's round and uh, things like that. But um, so gravity is yeah, we're, it's provisional in the sense that we're learning more about it now. Some what some of the atheists would say is that yeah, science is provisional and so is evolution, but it's pretty well well established just like gravity is. We're learning more about it, but doesn't mean gravity is false anymore. It means evolution is false. And I say there is no counter evidence to gravity. I mean, it's there. You walk outside, jump off a, uh, you know, a, a roof, you're going to find out. It, it, there's no counter evidence, but there is counter evidence in evolution. So we have, like I said, right. polystrate fossils. That are, there are trees that are, you know, growing through vertically through what's supposed to be hundreds of millions of years of, of rock strata. We have, we have layers of rocks in different parts of the world that are absolutely smooth, and they're hundreds of millions of years thick. But how can that possibly be? Because if there's weather, uh, movement of, of rain and, and earthquakes will cause uh, lines, that the geological lines, to be jagged at points. But there, you find places where it's just absolutely horizontal perfectly. Well, that's explained by a, a great flood. You find the Cambrian explosion. Now, a phyla is a body type, like a horse is a body type, a snake is a body type, a bird is a body type. So there's many body types in the uh, in the world. There's insects, there's arachnids. Okay, there's fish, there's crabs. Okay, mollusks, humans. So, at the beginning of the Cambrian explosion, which is about 500, there's a, a, a range, but it's about 520 million years ago. For for about 30 or 20, somebody 25 million years, as like as an average. So, during this 25 million year period. Uh, a lot of fossils appear. Well, people say, "Well, that's okay. You can, you can new new excuse me, new uh, phyla appear," and uh, they'll say, "Well, mm-hmm. the Cambrian period can account for that, 25 million years." The problem is that the fossil records at the beginning of the Cambrian explo- uh, strata instantly show um, all kinds of new uh, life, uh, new body types, new phyla. There's not enough time for them to form. Just not enough time. It doesn't work, even in the theory of evolution. So then there's also the issue of uh, missing links. And it's so bad, it, uh, a guy named Gould, Dr. Gould, he invented a theory called punctuated equilibrium. Well, that just says, well, the reason that there's, there's so many gaps between the fossils, uh, we don't see gradation, is because of punctuated equilibrium. It just happened really fast. And which you like, okay, so then what? what's fast? And fast geologically is like five million years, okay, or mm-hmm. two million years, whatever. They'll say that's fast. All right. Well, then in, let's say a million years that the species changed to another body type. Um, okay. So in a million years, all over the place, we don't have fossils for a million years that show the the. Yeah. Uh, the, the you know. So it just doesn't work. You know, there's just too many problems with it. There are lots of problems with evolution, and why is it you don't hear this stuff in school? Because secular secular schools preach humanism, which is a religion. 
it's humanism is a is a religion recognized by the United States Supreme Court as being a religion. It is. There's a court case, and yet humanism is what's taught across all our, our schools. And yet they want they want separation of church and state, which means no religion at all in it. Well, what we really mean is Christianity, and we're going to replace it with right. humanist philosophy. That's what's going on. Okay, so um, when you say there's no uh, disproof of gravity, what would, what would uh, you say to someone that says that gravity is nothing more than density and buoyancy? Uh, that's a flat earth thing. And um, I hope you're not getting into the flat earth stuff. Uh, flat earth people, uh, they don't have all their paws on the litter box. I can prove flat earth is wrong, if, if that's what you're getting to. Uh, I can show you how it's very easy to show it's wrong. But... Um, uh, buoyancy and density is not what gravity is. It, it, some scientists think it might be waves that are emanation. I, I don't know, uh, you know too much about this at all. But that's. Uh, but to prove gravity, wouldn't you need something? I'm wouldn't sorry? you need something large enough? For what? Wouldn't you need something with enough mass to prove that gravity is real? Every body, every B O D Y, every mass of, has a gravitational force upon every other mass. It's inversely proportional to the square of the distance. It's one over d squared, roughly. And so, uh, you know, I exerting, I am physically exerting a gravitational force upon you wherever you are. But it's so minute that it's, you know, for, it's undetectable. But mathematically, we could predict it. And so, it's right. just the nature of mass that gravity is a, uh, is a. It's it's not like saying it's a property of. But mass apparently does something to the space-time, and it warps things so that gravity has an effect. I've read different theories about it, and they're still working on it. And we're going to learn more, but gravity, you go outside, it, you know, I'm sitting in my chair. I'm not floating. Gravity is real. And there's no, you, you can't falsify gravity. If you define gravity as that pulling effect towards the center of the Earth, well, by that definition, it's a, it's a given fact because that's what it is by definition mm -hmm. but evolution there's different theories about what it is uh, macroevolution microevolution you, you have cladistic based evolution epigenetics that affects that you have ho um, homology uh, theories you have um, the genetic and homology trees which don't match a lot of times you have uh, lots of issues that the Cambrian explosion for example the big bang problem it doesn't give enough time for evolution to work. Even there's mathematical challenges to the neo-Darwinian theory of evolution. There's all kinds of stuff. You just don't hear about it. Okay. Right. Are you? Yeah, I'm asking, well, are, are you getting yeah. into the flat Earth thing? I, I honestly, yeah, I am because. Um, okay. I believe that that Genesis does talk about the firmament and um, and it, uh, it never talks about space or anything it's, like that. Yeah, it does. And uh, I think it would give it would give a lot of credence to the creationist. Um, um, how would you say? You know, to creationism, because um, you know no. it was. I think it would just give more credence to it. No, it doesn't. Flat Earth is a ridiculous. Okay, I've studied it. I've written on it. I I regularly watch stuff refuting Flat Earth. There's so many proofs against it. And I've debated, uh, you know, impromptu discussions, let's just say, with flat earthers who want to use a biblical argument and then talk about the firmament. And I talk about yeah. how it has different meanings in different contexts. And you can't say that the earth is just flat. 
uh, and it doesn't work. And here's a, a, an example of why it does not work. Okay, um, the dome theory of, of the flat Earth model. So let's pick picture, for example, a a, a circle a table that's three uh, three feet or one meter across. Let's just use that as an example. Mm -hmm. And then the dome over it. So the, let's say the dome is like two feet high in this relationship, okay? Mm -hmm. That's a general yeah. model of the flat earth, okay? Now, is that the one you kind of yeah. lean towards with the firmament, right? Okay? Um, yeah, sure. Okay, the reason that can't work is because let's just hang a ball, like a tennis ball, in the middle of that, in the top of the dome in the center, and have it hang down. So something that size. Mm -hmm. Uh, but let's just take, it's not a, because a tennis ball has fuzz, but let's take a, just a ball, and we write uh, on that ball, around the equator of the ball, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, all the way around, 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, 7, 8, 9, okay? So you have 10 numbers there, because that's 1 through 9 inclusive. So you have 10 numbers there. That means from one side of the ball, as you, of the flat table, when you look at the ball, you're going to see the numbers 1, 2, 3, 4. On the other side of the table, you're going to see the numbers 6, 7, 8, 9. You with me? Right. Yeah. But when you don't see, this is, relates to the moon. You, everybody sees the same face of the moon. Mm -hmm. How is that possible in a flat Earth model? The only way it's possible, and I'll show you, is if you take that in that three-foot diameter thing with a dome, is you take the ball and you move it upwards and upwards. And it has to go like 100 to 200 feet before everybody on that three-foot thing sees the same face. Mm-hmm. That's well, how it has to work. In order to have, it has to work that way. This proves the flat Earth model doesn't work. The moon proves it. Okay? Oh, man, we've got a break. Hold on, buddy. Okay? Okay. Hold on. Yeah. All right, we'll get back to you yep. afterwards. Hey, folks, hope that was making sense. We'll be right back after these messages. Please stay tuned. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. Let's get back in here with Jonathan really fast. Jonathan, you still there? Yes, I am. All right. You're going to say one last thing. We've got callers waiting, so so what do you got? Okay, I was just going to say um, uh, about the moon. Um, in the flat Earth model, they say that it, it, wouldn't, be a, it wouldn't be a ball. It, it's a... It's a, like a, it's a luminary. It's made out of yeah, plasma. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, it, it's a luminary, and uh, that it has its own source of light, and um, and okay. that the moon and the sun are orbiting around each other. And if gravity is something to do with, um, uh, oh, what was it? Uh, he said uh, the phrase you used, which turned, which clued me in buoyancy and stuff. Then why is it that the sun yeah. and the moon, as they are orbit around each other, uh, why did they uh, they have they had to have gravity so that uh, the buoyancy thing doesn't work? Furthermore, why is it that from the flat Earth model, why is it we can see the moon all the time but not the sun? We can see the moon uh, because it orbits around the Earth, and we can see it in the night and in the day. But the sun you can only see during the day, and yet it disappears. When the in the dome model, where does the sun go? 
the other side. Well, then what they do is they say that the sun is not like a, like a flashlight. Well, why is it a flashlight mm-hmm. and not the moon? You know, why does the moon then have different uh, shapes to it according to the effect of light upon it? And mm-hmm. how do you account for ecl- eclipses where the moon, you know, you know, total eclipses and things like that? Um, and it, the flat earth model can't account for those. It also cannot account for what's called annular, I believe they're called annular eclipses, which is going to happen pretty pretty soon, where the moon is closer uh, by its orbital necessity, orbital patterns, perihelion, aphelion, and it's closer to the earth. And so when it gets in front of the sun, we see a ring instead of a, a totally blotted out. Well, this is is explained uh, by the um, by the round Earth model. Okay, look, let me tell you, flat Earth doesn't work. It, it doesn't work. Okay, and if, if I thought it did, I would tell you, but it, I've studied this, and I listen I, for entertainment. I listen to flat Earth uh, stuff being refuted. That's what I do for entertainment, and there's just so many reasons it doesn't work. You, you, uh, trust me, you'd be better off not putting your hope and your trust in that. Okay? And then there's the parallax issue. The parallax has to do with uh, things seen against the moon. You can measure angularity uh, from perpendicularity as it relates to the position of the moon that only works on a body that is curved. There's it's more complicated stuff. So, I'm mm-hmm. just saying. Uh, if I were you, I'd go. Uh, I'd go to the web. There's a, a guy I watch. He's got a dog in his lap. I watch him and some other guys, and uh, he's from Britain, and he just dismantles um, the uh, the flat Earth model. There's another guy. I, I forget where he is, and he does it too. Just look up. Look it up. You'll see stuff. Okay, it doesn't work. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch back and um, listen to what you said. All right. Sounds good, man. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. All right. God bless. And you need to receive Christ. I hope you are trusting in him. I haven't even asked about that, but you need to, you need to, have you done that? Have you trusted in, you you have? What's the difference? What do you mean, what's the difference? So you're saying receive Christ as in the bread? Oh, no, 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 no. Stay with the Catholic Church and Eastern Orthodoxy and stuff like that. Um, no, to receive Christ is uh, an act of faith where you trust in what Christ Jesus, God in flesh, has done on the cross, where he bore our sins in his body, First Peter 2.24 says, died in that cross as a sacrifice for sins, as a payment for uh, our, our sin, and then he rose from the dead three days later, and that by trusting in what he has done, and him alone, not your baptism, not taking the Eucharist, not doing tradition, not doing church membership. I mean, you know, that's not what saves you. Not being good and not, not being bad. But faith alone in Christ alone. Until you receive him, as John one twelve, that means to trust in him and receive his, uh, his offering on our behalf by faith. Okay? Have you done that? All right. Um, how would I do that? Just, just believing it, right? How you say? What I would recommend is that you pray. Is mm-hmm. you talk to the Lord Jesus because according to the Bible, He is God in flesh. Pray and ask Jesus to forgive you. Trust in what He has done on the cross. You know, you got to recognize that you're a sinner, like me. You're a sinner. 
done things wrong mm-hmm. and you ought to be punished. And you and right. I, neither one of us can please the infinitely holy God. We're not good enough. We're just not. False religions say that we're good enough to work with God and cooperate and show Him and things like that. But no. So you trust in Christ, and I'd recommend you praying to Him and asking Him to forgive you and to be the Lord of your life. But I have to warn you, you have to count the cost. Because to follow Christ means to not follow the world and your friends. And it means that you do what's right before Him first. It can cost you. You have to know what you're getting involved with. Jesus will take mm-hmm. you as you are, but He won't leave you as you are. He'll change you. And it's sometimes quite difficult, and other times it's wonderful. But overall, yeah, it's well worth it, of course. But He won't leave you alone. He will take you, and He'll change you over a period of time. Slowly, but surely. You gotta know what you're getting into, okay? Have you, done have, you, have you trusted in Christ? Have you received Him? Um, I mean, yeah, I've prayed and stuff like that, but, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm gonna keep doing it. Okay. I'd recommend you find a good church wherever you are, also. And you can always call me at the office here. We can talk. You can call on the radio again another day and talk. But um, find a good church, okay? And get a local church. Yeah. Stay away from churches with the word united in them, okay? Try a Calvary Chapel. And uh, if they have women pastors and elders, stay away from them. They're liberal. And find a mm-hmm. good church and, um, and start going and read your Bible. But the flat earth stuff is going to mess you up it's going to mess you up later okay yeah I understand alright brother we've got people praying for you now okay we'll be praying for you Jonathan alright awesome thank you alright man alright well God bless okay yeah well, God bless thank you bye okay bye hmm pray for him he needs it let's get to Tom from Utah Tom welcome you're on here Draper Oh Draper, hey, I think lives, lives yeah. right there in Sandy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that was a great call, Jonathan. There, um, some good questions on uh, evolution and uh, the flat Earth. But man, listening to that whole conversation, the last thing you said, uh, flat Earth will mess you up. Like mm-hmm. how so? By holding the flat Earth, you're going to hold to an overly literal interpretation of certain things inside of Scripture depending on the individual it'll also by defending it you will then have to compromise other areas of of uh, biblical revelation as well as uh, just common sense wow. knowledge huh. all right so common wait whoa, whoa 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 common sense knowledge you were just talking about the horses and the evolutionists mm-hmm. see like oh there looks like there's little horses and that and that and then you said mm-hmm. How do they know? How do they know? How do you know about the, the whether the moon is a light or not a light? And that uh, you're relying on common sense knowledge or math, mathematics. I don't know. It just kind of caught my ear. Kind of well, when you look like up the in the sky, argument. you look up in the sky. So I've been on both sides of the planet. I've, I've been in Turkey and Israel. I'm here in Idaho. And yeah. when I look up at the sky and I see the moon, it's the same face. 
Right, so, one side. How come it never turns around? We're flying around. It's supposedly spinning, and we're spinning, and it's spinning, and it stays the same, and all the stars are in the same place over thousands of years, and we're all spinning and uh, flying and twisting. I'll explain if you hold on. Okay. Yeah. The reason we see the same face of the moon is because it is in um, rotational exactly. balance. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, let me finish. <laughs> Who said? <laughs> okay. Do you I'm believe in the flat earth? Do you believe in the flat earth? I kind of do, actually. And I'm also a full-blown precept-Calvinist to the uh, precepter, well, so there is that. So That's good. That's, and I'm not good. in any trouble. But, but then just, why you know, is I, it? Jesus why is my it, Lord. So, why is it that uh, the same face of the moon uh, appears uh, all over the world? Why does that work? Uh, because I think that God made a light for the night and a light for the day. And you not understand. And I think when he, held, when he held the sun, when he held the sun in the place, he literally held the sun in place you, as if you, the sun was moving. Can you hold on, Tom? 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 You're not understanding the question. I think I am, but no, you're not. Did you understand the analogy I gave of a three foot wide table with a dome over it? Right. Yeah, uh, maybe I didn't. I don't know about that one. But do you believe there's a dome? Do you believe there's a dome Sorry. over the? Do you believe there's a dome over the flat Earth? Yeah. Okay. I kind of do. Yeah. Okay. If that's the case, then yeah. if that's the case, you need to do some thinking, yeah. some logic thinking. I'm thinking. Hey, oh yeah, I'm good at that. So, Tom, can you hold on? Can you stop making so many uh, interruptive comments? Okay, I'm gonna explain something. I only have a couple of minutes. I'll try. Okay. All right. All right. If you have okay. a three foot diameter table, and you have a yeah. dome over it, the, the dome is about two feet high, and you put the moon in the mm -hmm. middle of the dome in the center, then everybody can mm -hmm. see it all the time. If the sun is there, then everybody can see it all the time as well. But the sun disappears at night. Why? If it's right there and it's a luminary, why does it disappear at night? That's one question. It goes far away. It, it goes out the to the outer edge in a circle, it, around okay. the circle edge, Tom, so you don't Tom, see it anymore. Tom, I'm just saying. Not in, the dome, not in the dome model, which you just said you affirm. Uh, uh, well, I'm not so sure about that. I don't think we know, because I don't, I don't okay. believe NASA and all that. I, I think pretty much the government lies about everything, so there is that. Hey, well, then let me ask you this. Okay, now get out of your hair. What, how come in the day I can see the sun up at the top of the sky and the moon eclipsed, and yet I can see both of them at the same time, and supposedly the earth is in the middle? But I see half of the moon. The I see it all is, the time, every the month. Earth is, the earth is not in the middle at that point. Okay, what's blocking the half of the moon then? If the sun's up there, why is it what's only blocked? half blocked? What do you mean what's half blocking blocked? the other half of the moon? What, what do you mean, the what? other half of the moon? What do you mean? I'm looking up at the moon, and half of it is dark, and half is light, and I'm also seeing the sun rising in the morning. They're both right up above me. The earth is not in the middle, and supposedly what eclipses the moon is the earth in between. But obviously, I can see both of them okay. up above. Okay, well, Tom, look, I, oh, um, I can question. tell. Well, that's Tom, the question. Tom, 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 I got you. We don't have enough time to get into it, but okay. I can tell you don't understand right. basic physics. You don't understand the basic. Okay. Cosmos. No, well, I'm serious. Yeah, I'm you serious. believe the experts. 
It's like that no, evolution. Tom, Tom. Okay, we got to just go. We got to go because right. you won't let me talk. Okay, we got to go. Hey, Martin, sorry, buddy. Uh, call back tomorrow about the gravity question. I know you waited 18 minutes, 19 minutes, but uh, sorry about that. But hey, we got to talk. So call me back tomorrow, okay? All right, everybody. There we go. May the Lord bless you. I'm out of here. There's the music. Got to go. And oh my goodness, flat earthers. Ay, 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 ay. We write. Well, we'll be right back. We'll be back tomorrow, by God's grace. We'll talk to you then. We'll see you. Bye. Another program powered by the Truth Network.